Hello everyone, welcome back to the Daedric Podcast. Today is going to be just me, Lirianda, as I want to have a little rant about the various quest lines that we face in the Elder Scrolls. In particular, today I will be focusing on the Companions of Skyrim. And the reason I want to do this rant is because, well, we've kind of discussed this sort of thing in previous episodes, in that a lot of the quest lines feel very railroaded in a certain way, in that... It doesn't really feel like, you know, you have a lot of options. No matter what you do, you always end up with the same kind of position and role. And I wanted to talk about how how we could change some of the quest lines so that we have a little more options. So today, let's think about uh, the Companions quest line. Now, what are some of the key events that happen during this quest line? At first, you prove yourself. Uh, and then you go onto this quest to Dustburn Cairn with Farkas. And you get ambushed by the Silver Hand, and Farkas is forced to use his transformation to become a werewolf. And then, you know, that's revealed that the, only the members of the Upper Circle are werewolves. If you look at the original files, Eala was supposed to be a possible option for you to go on this quest. They have all the audio files as well. So we already take that into consideration that doing certain preliminary quests could have changed. Who does that trip to Dustburn Cairn with you? After that, you are welcomed into the circle, which, in my opinion, is already pretty quick. Then Kotlek says, everyone in the circle is a werewolf, but that's kind of, you know, before your time kind of thing. How about you do a few more quests? So you do a few more quests, and then Skjör calls you out and says, you know, if you're a member of the circle, you gotta be cool and uh, be a werewolf with us too. So you become a werewolf, you go out hunting the silver blood just for fun, but then Skjör ends up dying, and then you go on a long vendetta on the silver hand, killing several of them, getting their plans, getting shards of Wuthrat, until Kodlag is like, Oi, stop, you're killing too much. And now I want you to look for the heads of the Glenmoral witches. So you go there, and then you come back, and it turns out the silver hand has attacked and killed Kodlag. Then you go on your vengeance against the Silver Hand, killing the last of their members. And then they come back, have the last shards, have the burial of Kotlak, and then Wuthrat gets remade. And that allows you to go up to Isgrimor's tomb, yada yada yada, free the spirit of Kotlak, And you become Harbinger because you are supposedly the best suited. Now, the Harbinger, first of all, is a position of advisor. And anyone who's played the game can already tell you that there's not really a lot of advising going on after you become the Harbinger. Instead, you just continue doing all these quests. Uh, you get like a few more. But like the most impressive thing that you can do is cure Farkas and Vilkas of their lycanthropy. And helping Eala gather the, to- uh, the special Hercene's tomes. So this is one possible ending which I believe should be expanded upon, you know. I think they attempted to do this in the Oblivion Fighters Guild questline where you can sort of choose what the guild supposedly does and what kind of like rewards you get. But that was also like poorly implemented because at some point in the games you don't really need to get more money in that particular way because it's never going to be enough money compared to like if you go out solo to uh, uh, some sort of Nordic rune you're always going to get more money than what you get from from the guild and getting all these magical items is also not really worth it because you just end up selling them which is a hassle more than something that is a better source of money so instead what we could do is you could already have a branching off point where like after finding out that Farkas is a werewolf you could actually end up 
meeting the members of the Silver Hand separately, and then you sort of join them in a, a sort of a sense. I'm not sure how far you would go with that, but you basically you could have a whole quest line where you end up actually hunting down the werewolf members of the companions and sort of have a create a clean slate. So you end up with you're killing all the members of the circle, and that way you have no more werewolves in the companions, and that way you could have the a sort of like oh it's a clean now now the curse is gone from the companions guild as well. However, how do you then convince the people that are left over that you didn't just kill their beloved leaders and teachers and that sort of thing? So it's a it's an interesting way you could go about it. Another way you could go about it is remaining with the companions, but then. A line where you don't really end up being a werewolf. So the way to do this would be you do everything like you do normally. But then when you go and visit Skior and supposedly become the werewolf, you reject their offer. And they're kind of upset with you, but you leave. This means that Skior is first of all around for longer. And yeah, you could maybe, you could, you have the room to do a lot of other things that are a lot more honorable. That would fit the actual image of the Companions Guild more than just, you know, the whole werewolf path. And so you could basically do a lot of things to prove yourself. And then Skior could, for instance, maybe betray you and still cause trouble with the Silver Hand. Or somehow tries to put the blame on you for something you didn't do. Or it could be that Skior is actually impressed with what you do. And then maybe they change their mind on, you know, being werewolf or not. Or maybe they just start to accept that not everyone has to be a werewolf. Something like that. Another interesting thing to take into consideration is that there's the book, The Great Harbingers, or The Great Harbingers of the Companions, which appears in Skyrim and Elder Scrolls Online, uh, in which a lot of the, the previous harbingers are mentioned. And... What's interesting is that there's this very strong belief, you know, oh, it needs to be North, and then eventually there's a Red Guard, and even and even an Elf at some point. It might be interesting to include your choice of race into this whole questline. I think this is something that's true for all questlines, where your actual choices as a character, but also who your character is from a very basic level, like your race and such, and maybe even your gender, these things should all have some kind of influence on your interactions or maybe the quests you do, that sort of thing. I'm not saying this should limit you in any way. Like, there's a whole thing to be said for Khajiit uh, not being allowed into the city, but then if you play a Khajiit, you can easily enter the city for some reason. And in certain locations, Dunmer and Argonians are not allowed into the city as well. So there's a whole set of differences that they didn't really implement that they could have. Another thing that I would love to see implemented is more inclusion of the other members of the guild. A lot of the factions in Skyrim have a lot of members that are present in the background, but they don't really play any kind of major role in the actual main questline that you follow there. Like sometimes they show up once or twice and then you have a short interaction with them, but there's never really like a big impact. It doesn't really feel like you're in this in this faction with these other people they're just sort of like you know background characters they don't have any kind of impact on anything you do or say and i feel like that that sort of thing needs to be included more like you could do a whole playthrough of this quest line never really interacting much with people and still get to some sort of ending but if you want to you can interact with certain people and that could change the outcome of the quest lines and one of the most important things that we haven't really discussed is what if we don't want to become the leader of the guild. A lot of the factions in all of Bethesda games have you end up being the leader, basically, of the faction. And Bethesda seems to have this 
particular idea that your ultimate goal should always be that you become the leader of something. That you become the boss and decide everything. But the thing is, they never design their games in a way that could really implement that. Like, if you become the leader of some kind of guild and you make, you're supposed to be taking decisions, then let the players actually take decisions. If you have a whole questline leading up to you becoming the leader, then there should be a second questline that comes after that of you being the leader, of you guiding the people of the faction somewhere. Like if you are if you become the harbinger of the companions, there should be a whole quest line on like how are you going to be a harbinger? What are you gonna make them do? Is there any changes you're gonna bring? Uh, you can have a whole quest line in which new elements get introduced to the realm of Skyrim and how do you deal with that as the new harbinger? Or maybe you set in motion a long course of events that could also have influence. Like, if a questline ends in a certain way, a new one should begin, I believe. And you should be able to choose in which direction you want to go with that. A lot of the questlines are actually quite short in Skyrim, which is very obvious if you've played them several times, but also if you just played them once and look back at it. This is, of course, very much noticeable in comparison to Oblivion, where the questlines are a lot longer and it takes a lot longer for you to grow in ranks. So there's also room to add more quests in between to prove yourself. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like Skyrim was designed with that sort of thing in mind. It might be because of my experiences with Oblivion, but I feel like the world of Oblivion was a lot bigger. Now, yes, it's true that, technically speaking, the province of Cyrodiil is a lot bigger than Skyrim. Yes! But the game engine was also a lot better by Skyrim. And it should feel bigger as well, which it really doesn't. But it's more than just the actual distances you go to. Like the Imperial City in the game Oblivion is actually a lot smaller than it's supposed to be. And yet it feels so much bigger still because you have a lot of buildings with a lot of different people who all got their own little routine. And some of the, like a lot of those houses you actually have to enter for quests or you have to somehow interact with them. That's fine and all, but there's also houses and buildings and such that have no consequence. Now, we have those in Skyrim as well, but the actual amount of houses is a huge difference. Like, Skyrim should not be that empty, at least in terms of housing and people that live there. If you look at the fact that they've got an actual civil war going on with all these people, it makes you question where are these people even coming from? But I think that's enough for now. We're already going into Civil War territory, which is, I think, what I want to talk about in the next rant episode that I want to do. So uh, until then, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.